Hi guys and welcome to the Inner Woman Wellness Podcast. I hope you are all well. Um, so this is the conversation I had with Dr Naomi Potter um, and this one is all about menopause and body identical hormones and how they can help us and how HRT has had a bad rep. Um, so please, I hope you enjoy. If you like it, hit subscribe, share it with your friends, write a review um, and look forward to hearing from you. Enjoy! So hi guys, so today I am talking to Dr Naomi Potter and we are going to talk about all about menopause and body identical hormones. Um, so welcome Naomi. Thank you, thank you. Nice to meet you. You too. So how have you, um, how have we been keeping up with Covid and all of the madness that is the world at the minute? We've been really lucky because uh, most of my patients I can see remotely mm-hmm. and um, so my little kids have been been at school and my husband's at work so we've had it we've had you know in comparison to other people a really normal time mm-hmm. uh, and we've had and this, we've had some kind of silver linings as well we've you know, spent much more time together as a family and it's been yeah I and mean, we've come out of it yeah really really well we've been really lucky how about you um so I got made redundant from um my events job but it's actually enabled me to um start in a woman wellness and start what I've actually wanted to do for so long so it's actually been a blessing in disguise which is quite nice um so yeah so you touched briefly on your family so I read you have five children yes that is mental (laughs) (laughs) it's it's been interesting at times um but I mean it's a lot easier now the youngest are now seven so uh for the first four or five years of their lives it was just chaos (laughs) chaos because I think I had five six hundred or something I I can't even think about it um but it's so much easier now. It's so much easier. And their little tribe, actually, it's really, it's really quite sweet. Um, what's, the, what's the ratio of boys to girls and what's the eldest? Um, it's, they are they're 13 to 7 and they are three boys and two girls. Oh, amazing. Oh, I love that. That's so cute. <laughs> um, I'll take my hat to you, though. That sounds hands full and running business as well. I mean, that takes a lot. I guess like how I wanted to start um, today is kind of to, if you could introduce yourself, give yourself an overview of your background, how you ended up to where you are um, and yeah, just give people an oversight would be great. Um, so I am, I'm a GP by training. Uh, I started off by doing obs and gynae. I was always, I've always been interested in women's health. I did that at St. Mary's. 15 years ago um but I just found that I couldn't my, my body just couldn't take the nights and you see you do weeks of nights and um I just couldn't do it um so I thought that general practice was a really good way of um carrying on with women's health and also you're able to provide more of a holistic care if you're if you're a GP because you've got that continuity that you don't as a hospital as a hospital doctor so I went into general practice and specialised more and more in women's health and then got interested in the menopause and then that was kind of self-perpetuating. You go on a course, you meet more people, you end up doing, you end up doing more and more and more. And then by last year I was doing, I had a, um, a menopause clinic at my practice and 
I just felt like I mean they were they were great they gave me they gave me some time to do it in but it's with I never I could never give enough some I might get a 20 minute session often I would only get a 10 minute session and uh my well my my clinic consultations now are 45 minutes but they often over run to an hour and that's without waffle it's just that's how long it takes to do it justice mm. um so i just thought actually why don't i give it a go and i opened my private clinic in january and it's been yeah and despite covid you know there's been some there's been some challenges and so especially technical challenges but it's it's worked, it's worked really well. I've never been busier. So, um, yeah, and that's, that's where I am. So I'm doing remote clinics at the moment. And I hope I will probably go back to seeing patients face-to-face -face in September. But I will always carry on doing virtual clinics because it means that I've now seen patients from all over the country that I would, I would not have feasibly you know, been able to see before. So... Yeah, exactly. And that's the great, like, that is the great thing about technology. It just can bring so many people together from everywhere. That's what exactly what I'm finding out. Um, but I, it's, it's really interesting that you were um, at a GP and you said like 10 minutes is not enough. I, th I think in my life, I'm not at the stage of menopause, but I'm a sufferer of endometriosis. Um, and my journey of getting a diagnosis and dealing with doctors was traumatic to say the least i got laughed out of the doctors because uh, it was just being a woman it was just being normal um and was not taken seriously for for just so long um and i know so many other women that have gone through that as well and so for instance my mum's going through it she went to her gp and it's a young girl who she sees and she she doesn't know she's just not not adequately trained in it and I think what I'm hearing from a lot of women that are in my life who are in this phase of their life is they just said they just don't know where to begin they feel they're not getting listened to at the doctors and it's really putting them off listening to HRT and body identical hormones and everyone's just kind of gone oh no I can't deal with that like because they've had such a experience being taken seriously so what what are your kind of thoughts on that it's my i mean it's just so sad isn't it i mean that but that it those are those are the patients that end up eventually finding me uh and it's it's it, i mean we talk about it i don't know I mean, you see there's a there's a kind of cohort of menopause um warriors that spend all day and all night talking about it it's not i i don't like gps it's not their fault they don't know about it i went through i did a whole obstetrics career job and didn't go to a single menopause clinic mm. um and in my gp in my gp training i don't think i had any menopause training and certainly we didn't learn about it at medical school so unless you're kind of aware of it and you take it upon yourself as a doctor to really look into it you could just be completely unaware um i've been on loads of update courses really it's very rare that hrt is um is mentioned specifically or, or um the menopause is mentioned specifically but the problem is that you know half the population is going to go through it mm -hmm. and there's a lot of old information out there so everybody remembers the headlines from 10 years ago that were splashed all over the papers saying hrt is awful and people haven't caught up mm -hmm. and so women are scared doctors are scared and it's not filtered through 
that HRT is safe and it has got enormous benefits, both in terms of symptom control and health benefits. Mm. So it's just getting that it's just getting that word out. Yeah, I, I mean, I watched a video um, like ahead of our call about between HRT body identical and bioidentical hormones and I was like mind blown and I sent it to my mum who's going through it and I was like honestly like this just this just gives you an overview of how different it is and I think it kind and exactly like um the woman who was taking it she said exactly the same thing as you she said the information that is out there is based on so so long ago and it's got such a bad rep and if people actually looked into the study of the big hrt one that was done actually the ones that were 10 years out from menopause age it actually had so many more benefits to them so it is it is that education that i think women are now becoming a lot more aware that they've got to get a lot more educated about their health and kind of question things a bit more and read into it because once you kind of figure out what you're what you're struggling with on your HRT it makes it a lot easier to have a conversation with your GP to say like could it be this and then it enables the GP to increase their knowledge and it's it's just that sharing and learning I guess yeah um, it's very hard for patients though to navigate because even on you know if you go on Instagram um and you look at people who are purporting to be menopause experts and the the information is so it's it's such a spectrum and it's patients have to navigate to find the people that actually are using evidence-based medicine and following guidelines and um and those that and those that aren't and how on earth can you how can you know how can you know exactly uh, as a patient it's 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 impossible exactly and i think that's like that's part of the reason why i wanted to create this website where it deals with all women's conditions main conditions that women can suffer from but have informative information on it so it's not just people's opinions and stuff it's evidence-based and so people have a lot more it's just in one website can just access it all because i found like especially when i was researching endometriosis i was going through millions of websites in a day just to find something that was actually with a shred of evidence um which obviously are trying to take that out from women um but it would be really great if you could kind of give the breakdown of hrt and where body identical hormones come into it versus these bioidentical hormones that have had a lot of i think they've got a very good marketing team behind them um and i think that's kind of put them on people's radar a bit more but yeah yeah it would be great to have that um that overview from from you of the of the differences and what the body yeah the body and the bio so um body body identical hormones they're the hormones that i prescribe and what the british menopause society um recommend mm -hmm. they are um to, essentially it's east you have to you give estrogen because it, because menopause is an estrogen deficient state and the hormone that we want to replace is estrogen now, in women who have a uterus, it is important to give progesterone as well, because one of the effects of estrogen is it causes the lining of the womb to grow. And if you allow the lining of the womb to grow unopposed, so continuously, then there is a risk that further down the track it can develop into, it can cause problems and develop into um, endometrial cancer. If you give progesterone, it puts water on that fire, so it just, it keeps the lining of the womb in check. 
Um, and so anybody that's been given estrogen needs progesterone if they've got a uterus. And the, the, there is no other purpose for that progesterone. So if you've had a hysterectomy, uh, brilliant, all you need is estrogen. But if you, ha if you haven't, then you, then you need the progesterone as well. And the hormones that are used are estradiol, which is the same estrogen that your body produces, and a macronized progesterone, which is the same progesterone that's naturally, naturally occurring in women's bodies. And those two hormones uh, together have the best side effect profile and the least risk when the estrogen is taken through the skin. So in the olden days, estrogen was given as, a, as an oral tablet, and that can increase the risk of clots. Whereas if you take estrogen through the skin, there is no, there's no increased risk of clots. Bioidentical hormones um, arose in the US, and I don't, it probably kind of came about after the, I don't know exactly when they were born, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if it was after um, the, the bad press that HRT got. And it's been a big movement. It's celebrity endorsed. It's amazing marketing. And they do use estradiol and progesterone. They do, they do use those um, in various preparations. But the problem is in the UK, these, the labs that um, make them, they say they're tailored to the person. So they do lots of um, lots of blood tests uh, to see what your profile is, um, but they are made in unreg unregulated labs. And the concern that the British Menopause Society have about them is that they are unreg unregulated. There's concerns about purity, and there's concerns about whether what is actually in the tube is the same as what is labelled, because because they're unregulated, and they do. And the British Menopause Society do not recommend their use. Mm. Um, and with body identical hormones, there isn't any need to, to dabble, to take that risk, because we prescribe exactly the same natural hormones that are derived from yams. Um, but this way, it's regulated. You know what you're getting. You know it's pure. And you can titrate according to symptoms and levels just as easily, um, but safely. Hmm. And I think I think that's the thing. It's just it's just the awareness. And I've, I have read a couple of things recently actually coming out about bioidentical that they're actually not safe. And this, there's more stuff coming out of the woodwork from them. So it'd be interesting to see that change. But it's that's the um, that's what's tough about it, I guess. I think with women, if they if they start taking the body identical and they're still struggling to so say like they're still constantly bleeding um what would that be in your opinion if you have someone who's really suffering from the menopause they're still bleeding they still have um their womb they're still getting periods and stuff what would you say what would your advice be if they're still struggling on hrt to find that balance so it's you can start HRT when you are still having periods mm -hmm. um, and actually it's a good idea to start start at that point rather than waiting till you're postmenopausal. If you are having regular bleeds then that's not then that's normal. If you're having breakthrough bleeding, annoying bleeding and you've just started on HRT it can take a good few months to settle down. Mm -hmm. If it persists beyond that 
then it there's different there's different progesterones that you can use you consider them you can you can consider the morena coil um there are things that you can do and also it, it's um it, you have to make a decision as to whether investigation is warranted but those are all kind of very patient very patient specific um but there yeah it's not a this is a disaster this isn't going to work let's stop by any means there's lots of it's very I mean, bleeding when you first start on hrt is a common side effect mm. so it's kind of just persevering and seeing and then if you so if say if like someone tries the patch and it's not working for them would you then say okay we can try the gel that absorbs in would you is is that like the what's the process if you start someone off what's kind of the process i guess it depends i mean the problem with patches is the availability which is so hit and miss uh, but the hormone in the in the patch and the gel is the same and some women absorb it differently from the patch and some women absorb it differently from the gel but you can do blood tests to monitor absorption and you correlate that with how the patient is feeling so if the patient's symptoms have gone but they've got other symptoms like bleeding then you would target that um, but if their symptoms haven't gone you would look to see whether you're whether you're replacing um, the hormone to a sufficient level okay um, and so you mentioned about the shortages. So why is there a shortage <laughs> of HRT? Like what, what's going on? No one really, no one really knows whether it's a, a combination of uh, manufacturing, Brexit, stockpiling, an increased number of women who are going on HRT. No one. I've looked and looked and there's no there's no answers. Don't don't know. I just yeah. We don't know. Probably a combination of all of those factors. But people have been campaigning. It's been since October two thousand and eighteen, and there's some amazing campaigners who are really persistent. But of course, COVID has just totally, you know, yeah, um, it's taken over. It's yeah. It's yeah. There's, it's a it's taken a real backseat. Um, there was talk about six weeks ago of, of one of the products becoming more freely available, but um, I don't know if it's if it's filtered through yet. Mm. It's, it's such a shame, but uh, and uh, yeah, patients are missing out. They're not having their hormones. They're having to switch and change, and that's causing disruption. It's not on. It's it's not on. Especially the fact that like now women are um, living longer as well. It's such a long time for women to have to deal with this, and and obviously menopause can last. For so long I'm not looking forward to that stage of my life um, <laughs> you'll be but, fine just take hrt you'll be fine <laughs> but it's it's trying to find that balance i think is just seems from the people i have in my life is going through it it just seems like quite a process to get it balanced because the body is just i mean the body blows my mind anyway but it's it's trying to work through it and i guess like with the shortages it just doesn't help if you're chopping and changing all the time like my, well my mum she's been put on different gps on different different types and her body doesn't know if it's coming or going so mm. every time she's like having a stress about it i'm like you just gotta give it some time and just yeah. see um and what would you say like time wise would you say on average give it six months and see or I, I would normally say give it three months, give it three months and then we will have another chat and it's normally pretty clear as to whether even if it hasn't settled whether it's settling 
Um, and if it's if it is, then you'll give it a little bit longer. And if there was no sign of whatever the issue was settling, then you would think about making a change. But um, certainly, I, mean, I have patients sometimes saying after a month, or oh, I'm bleeding, or I don't feel any better. But you do have, you have you do have to persevere. Mm. Uh, and three months is quite a nice quite a nice yardstick. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so body identical, you said it's made from, um, I read, so you made, said it's made from yams and some are made from soya as well, I believe. I think so, um, yeah. If people have allergies to these, is it in such small, is it just the origin of it so it's not going to affect you? Or if someone has allergies to them, how can they get around that? What's your plan is it? That is a difficult one and it's, it would be a patient by patient um, assessment really. If you had an anaphylactic reaction to one of the ingredients, some, a lot of them contain peanut oil as well, the topical, the topical ones, then um, it would, it would be, you would discuss it with the patient and whether you might do a patch test um, because you know they're topical, they're topical preparations. So what you could do is just a, you know a, um, a, a tiny patch test and just see what the what your reaction would be um, likewise if you thought you might be allergic to something within the progesterone tablet it would be to take do a, a, a risk assessment on the patient and then you could do a trial with a much smaller dose and see what and see what happened but definitely a patient by patient approach for that um, and so some women have said that they've been prescribed antidepressants by their GP um, it, for like their moods and everything like that is it does it tend to be a solution for antidepressants or is it more looking at the progesterone estrogen balance and seeing if like you could up the dosage of hrt is that more of a solution than antidepressants so the the psychological manifestations of menopause are due to a lack of estrogen and the simplest way of turning those symptoms around is by replacing that estrogen um, now some women can't or won't take estrogen and in those women then you would consider depending on their I mean, depends on their symptoms but for those symptoms you could use an antidepressant but it is not a first-line therapy it is a either I've tried something and it's not worked repeatedly or um, it's because it's in, in a patient that can't take hormones. So if a patient who is amenable to HRT, has no contraindication to HRT, um, goes to their GP and they're offered antidepressants first line, that's not the right management of menopause. Okay, perfect. So Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just, it's just for women to know that really and to question it because I guess they it's it when they have a bit more knowledge about these things of what they should ask and kind of see that what is the first steps and they can kind of assess oh well actually it wouldn't be that wouldn't be the line to go down so that's really good thank you um so i was speaking to um the hormone fairy yesterday she deals with uh, menopause in a holistic way um, she actually mentioned menopause is coming into the curriculum in schools like what do you th this is amazing news um because i just feel like the education out there on periods on women's health is just appalling i'm actually shocked at the education that's out there i know in school 
I'm reading books about women's health and the hormone system and everything. I can promise you now I did not learn it at school and it's, I'm shocked. So what do you, what would you kind of suggest? And I mentioned yesterday, I feel that it should be taught to children and um, partners of people. So they have a bit more understanding and they can understand it and have a bit more sympathy, but what would you like to see the curriculum kind of bring to the table? It's, I mean, the menopause is something that half the population are going to go through and it's just not, it's not talked about at all. So I, the thing is, I come from a household where I've got a copy of my menopause of vagina on the, on the coffee table in the lounge. So um, it's, uh, it's, um, I think I have a bit of a skewed view of it, but it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's just beyond any sort of rational thinking that it's not touched upon in education because once once children leave you've got no control over how they're educated anymore and yeah i mean diane danza if you do you follow diane danza brink no i will oh she's she's brilliant she is a lady who is um spreading the word about making menopause matter she had a horrendous time after she had a surgical menopause was offered zero help and got to the point that she was suicidal and then managed to get her hormones. And she is, she speaks um, at a lot of conferences and she's got together this uh, petition to make menopause matter. And she, I think she's responsible really for the change in that education and for, and for menopause to be taught at, um, at school. I think that's her. Might, might be worth double checking that, that it was well, her. But I'm, I'm pretty, and she, yeah, she's, um, very vocal and in a really in a brilliant way and um she just wants to spread the awareness so that nobody goes through what she went through yeah exactly and I I think that's the important thing like the more women share their stories and their knowledge and what they've gone through the more it empowers other women to take control of their health and learn and the more women that come together to actually get that knowledge the stronger the whole movement and voice becomes i think i think that's the thing like women just need to take the time do the research and kind of learn from reliable sources definitely um and own their now their own their health and their knowledge really because that's where the power will come and hopefully we start to see that change um because obviously like what is your thoughts on how it is represented in women's healthcare, like in general like on a top level menopause care just women's health care as a whole like what's your what's your thoughts on how it's um, I mean menopause care is atrocious if you think about how easy it is in the NHS to get a patient referred to a menopause clinic in where where we are and it's it's it was and before you know before I started it um seeing patients on the NHS it was it was impossible I mean you have to wait six months and six months for these women is you know, they, they commit, these women commit suicide. They really do. Um, but, I mean, other women's health um, care, in, certainly where we are, it, on the NHS is pretty good. But uh, menopause care is, is not. Um, it really isn't. And COVID, unfortunately, it's going to be another victim of COVID because it will not be a high priority. And... Um, you know, other things will other things will take precedent, but what can we do? It's all we can do is just carry on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it's just that's the thing that that's the thing that women I feel are just 
told to just carry on and just deal with it and it's um like a conversation I had last night she's had patients that have come to her and have said like I'm I'm on performance review at my job I've done it for years and this this has affected me so much and it affects women's life on such a grand scale and for the support and sympathy not to be there it's just and we're just expected to just carry on as women it's 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 tough it's really i really would really like to see things change do you ever think that we'll get to a place where there's hrt available all the time there's this amazing treatment that comes out that it's just like makes menopause a breeze like what do you what do you see the future of menopause care being i think that huge headway has actually been made even just in the last year um social media you know for all its kind of pros and cons has been so helpful in in spreading the word i mean I don't know what proportion of women we reach through th- places like Instagram. I'm rubbish with Facebook. I can't, I tried, mm-hmm. tried, I can't do it. But I think people are working there as well. And I think, you know, in 10 years time, it, we may look back at this period and just think, oh my God, I cannot believe how bad it was. Mm. Um, because the word it is, it is spreading. You know, the word is spreading. I think back to when I started, I started on Instagram six months ago. And um, the number of engaged women is definitely, definitely rapidly increasing. And women are, they are, I mean, you see, I get messages all the time. Thank you so much. Been to my GP. I've got what I've needed. Mm-hmm. I've tried for three years, didn't get anywhere. And now I, now I have. And I did a post yesterday, I think, or the day before on what to say when you go to your GP. Like this, this is what you want. Um, and so, you know, and I'm not the only person doing that. Other doctors are doing that. Um, and even non even non medics, you know, the kind of menopause um, advocates or HRT advocates who are non medics are still providing that information to women, and they're using it and they're getting what they need. But it's just for the women to know that we're here in the first place. Mm. Yeah, massively, and it's also like to to speak up about it and not be ashamed of it. Like, I feel that like women's health, and you know, you get your period and you kind of shuffle the tampon up your sleeve and you shuffle away and it's kind of it's lifting that shame that we kind of have and the the embarrassment of of our health when actually it's as you say half half the uh, population goes through it so it's kind of owning it a bit more and teaching yourself and reading and kind of getting the knowledge so it helps the gps it helps you get what you need and it's, it's that whole cycle i guess so hopefully, hopefully it comes comes around. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> We're trying. We're trying. Um, yeah. And then, so so, where would you suggest um, if women wanted to start learning and reading? Obviously, follow you for sure. But where would you suggest is a good place for them to start investigating and further reading about menopause? The, I mean, the British Menopause Society has got a really brilliant arm um, called the uh, Women's, what's it called? Women's WHI, Women's Health Initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have loads of patient information. That, so be, like it, meaty information, but explained really nicely for patients. Um, so they, they're, they're, that's a really good 
source of um, evidence-based um, medicine for you know for, for menopause information um, yeah I've got some links on my website to various other websites where people can find um, information about premature um, menopause early menopause um, PMS um, yeah so it is it is out there it's in there is the um, you know there's there is a hub of, of menopause um kind of chatters and supporters on on instagram and there are some on facebook as well i know there are but i just i haven't managed to work it out um that's because i'm old <laughs> anyone yeah and just and another question i've got for you so obviously um you worked with hrt and body identical hormones with with your clients do you ever say about like food and exercise and nutrition? Do you ever, does it, it goes hand in hand, I guess. Uh, this definitely goes hand in hand. I work really closely with a dietitian called Nigel Denby, who I did a, um, an IGTV. Have you, do you follow him? Um, I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he's brilliant. So um, he is a women's health dietitian and he actually you should give him a call he, he's, yeah he's, he'd love a chat with you um he has been yeah in women's health for 20 years and um if you if you're putting rubbish in your body you're going to feel rubbish if you are not moving if you're not exercising no amount of hrt is going to um make you feel well so yes I mean HRT is brilliant but it needs to be in combination with an active um, healthy lifestyle where you do everything in moderation um, alcohol is a biggie uh, because the anxiety that goes with that kind of estrogen deficiency women often self-medicate with alcohol because it you know dampens those feelings down but then the rebound is is worse and then you end up in this vicious cycle where you're having to you know drink alcohol to to quieten the feelings and then the following day it's worse so you need a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more and it can be a vicious well it can be a down, downhill spiral and and to say like women that kind of they train a lot they train hard they weight train they then hit menopause it's, it becomes a lot harder doesn't it for for them to carry on at that level and keep pushing themselves do you find that you have women that kind of not well i guess kind of grieve for how obviously their body changes so what you can manage changes on such a big scale and some women do you have a do you have women that really struggle with that side of things of having to kind of listen to their body more and step back a bit more um I don't know if you have to step back if you are doing everything out, you know, if you're, if you're doing everything else. And if you're, if you're not optimally managed, you know, say you are achy and tired and anxious and then, you're, then you've still got symptoms and you're not being opt optimally managed. Um, if you can take HRT, then that would be how to, how to manage it. And then there's no reason why you can't do what you, what you did before. I mean, you can't, turn, you can't halt ageing, but you can definitely... Um, so the menopause kind of ages you like that, mm. whereas with HRT, you know, you can go back onto the onto the just the normal aging aging curve. Amazing. So women, I mean, women in their seventies are still running running and doing Pilates and leading completely active 
Um, and I'm not saying it's, HRT is essential for it, but it does help. Amazing. Cool. I think that I think I'd definitely give some comfort to women who are worried about that. Because I mean, I, I, I would worry about it. I'd be like, oh God, like this is it. But it doesn't have to be. And I think that yeah. kind of getting that message out there to women is you don't have to suffer. Just there are options out there. There are, and there's a there's a there's a cohort of actresses who are coming through now who was you know were where they're kind of sex symbols when I was when I was you know a teenager um and they're all hitting they're, they're all in their mid-50s they're all hitting 50 or you know look at Jennifer Aniston look at Kylie Minogue look at um Michelle Pfeiffer you know they're all they're all and they're still all hot you know they they're not middle-aged grannies they're they're still womanly women yeah exactly um, it's it's just changing that perception, I guess. Yeah. So to, to round it up, what would your top three tips be for women who are coming into menopause and are just so overwhelmed, have no idea where to begin? What would your suggestions, your top three tips be for them? I would go to your GP and find out before you go who the women's health lead is in your practice. So you stand a good chance of seeing the person that is best equipped there to help you. And then have a, where can they access that? Where the rece they reception. So just when they phone to book their appointment, just ask the reception. You know who who would be the women's health doctor here? Okay. And they and if they felt that they could, I would ask. I would specifically mention menopause. Okay. Um, and then you know you're you know you're start you've, you've given yourself the best chance to see the best person, yeah. and it's worth waiting. So if they so I I had patients who used to wait a couple of months to see me. Um, but what you don't want is to go and see the person and get the wrong advice. So it's, it's worth waiting. And then when you do go, you say, you know, I've been, I think I'm going through the menopause. If you have symptoms and you are over the age of 45, you do not need bloods to confirm the menopause. If your doctor is concerned about other conditions or you want a lifestyle check and a wellness check, absolutely have bloods. But Normal bloods or no bloods should not prevent you from having HRT if that is what you want over the age of 45. Under the age of 45, you will probably you need to say to your doctor, I can be I can be perimenopausal under the age of 45, and even if I've got periods, I can still be perimenopausal. And even if my bloods are normal, I can still be perimenopausal. Please take me seriously and show them they can go in with my Instagram page with the list of symptoms and a post that I did yesterday about what to ask your GP um, and just say look this is I think this is me um, what do you think and if they flatly refuse you have to you ha don't give up go somewhere else um, most menopause I, I do video consultations they can you know book and see me and we can we can we can sort it out but the last, the most depressing is getting messages from people saying, I've struggled for three years and nobody's listening to me. I'll struggle for five years and nobody's, they all say I'm too young. If you feel it, then it's a valid, um, it, it's, you have validity and you should be able to get, you should be able to get help. Mm. Perfect. And then have you got two more, two more tips that you would give? Um, yes, don't take oral estrogen. If your GP tries to give you oral estrogen, then don't take it. Ask a transdermal, ask a transdermal estrogen. Um, cut down on alcohol, I suppose. 
or is this is this what we're asking the GP specific? No, no, no. Or just, just general. Like what you what tips you'd give to women to start if they're hitting? Yeah. Them. So, um, cut down as much as you can on alcohol and try and exercise to the point that you feel breathless and sweaty, because that also helps with um, well, it helps with all sorts of things, but it helps particularly menopausal symptoms and the menopausal symptoms of, of anxiety, which can be the most overwhelming. Mm. Um, so it helps and sleep. So. I mean, it's brilliant, but basically exercise is brilliant. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thank you. That was, honestly, that was so informative. And helpful. Thank you so much for your time. Like, it really means a lot. Um, and where can people find you if they want more information? So I'm on Instagram as Dr. Menopause Care, and I've got a website. It's easy. It's drnaomipotter.com. Um, and my contact details are all there and I'm very happy to I can't give kind of patient specific advice but I'm very happy to send people um, you know funnel people in the right direction um, and yeah do as much as I can amazing well I, it's, it's amazing what you do so thank you so so much um, pleasure Lovely to speak to you good luck with it all Ah, oh, thank you and I'm going to post this on social YouTube podcast the whole the whole shebang so oh, thank you. Um, i'll keep you posted but honestly thank you so much pleasure pleasure keep in touch i will do well done well done thank you yeah, take bye. care bye, bye.